Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mo Money Podcast. This is episode 242, and I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Welcome back to the show. So, uh, maybe sad news, but happy news for me. I'm wrapping up this season very shortly. We have uh, this week, we've got next week, and then I'm taking a little hiatus until uh, probably late August, September. So, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but uh, I'm very excited to have this episode as one of my kind of, you know, finale episodes. I recorded this a few months back. I mean, I think this was actually maybe recorded back in March, if I'm not mistaken, right when things were getting a little, yeah, oh yeah, I just looked it up, March 20th. Things were, uh, things were tense there. Things were crazy, but uh, I was so thrilled and lucky to get Meredith Feynman on the show to record an episode, um, but because of the pandemic, um, you know, she has this amazing book, which we're going to talk about in this episode called Break Better. Uh, the release date was pushed, so it will officially be out, uh, so you can buy it June 16th, but that doesn't mean that you cannot buy it now. You can pre-order now, because it's only a few weeks weeks from now. Um, so make sure to do that. But uh, yeah, in this episode, we do not talk about the pandemic, uh, even though it was very, very much in our minds during the recording date. Um, we talk about how to break better. How do we talk ourselves up so we can elevate ourselves and reach you know, our different goals, career goals, personal goals, whatever, and how to do it in a not like icky way. As we kind of talk about the episode, the term break has such a negative connotation. It means, you know, you're arrogant, you're egotistical, you're entitled. It's not a good, no one wants to be called a breaker. That's not a good thing, but we need to maybe change, flip the switch a little bit. We need to kind of change the way we think about that word. Um, because guess what? If you want to get anywhere in life, and this is something that I, I <laughs> on my almost 34 years on this planet now realize, you do have to uh, talk about yourself. Uh, you do have to kind of brag about yourself. If you don't tell anyone about your expertise or your skill set or your achievements, no, sorry, news alert, no one's going to ask. No one's ever going to ask. So you have to kind of tell people. And this is something I think a lot of us have not done for most of our lives. So we have to kind of unlearn, relearn some things. And luckily, Meredith is on the show to talk about how we can do this and what are some different ways we can do this now. Also, we're in this new digital age. So what does that actually mean? So you're going to love, love, love this episode. Just a little bit more about uh, Meredith before I get going. So she's an entrepreneur, she's a writer, a media expert, and she's also the founder of her own company called Fine Point, which is a leadership and professional development company with a focus on visibility and voice, particularly for CEOs founders and women in positions of power. Um, she speaks and trains nationally on women and bragging, a systemic issue she hopes to eradicate. And she is coming out with her first book called Break Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion, coming out soon, as I mentioned, June 16th. And I'll include a, a link in the show notes. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely make sure to grab a copy if this is something that you feel like you need to learn a little bit more about. But before I get to this episode with Meredith, I just want to share a few words about this episode's one wonderful sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by Bumble. Just because we're all staying safe and staying home right now doesn't mean you can't be social. With over 70 million users, Bumble connects people in 150 countries to find new relationships, friendships, and even professionally network. Developed as a women-first social networking platform in 2014, Bumble's focus is to be a platform that promotes kindness, respect, and equality, and most of all, to help you meet new people. Not only that, it's the first-of-its-kind app that has women make the first move to level the playing field and change the dynamics of dating. 
The best part? Bumble is absolutely free. So go ahead, what do you have to lose? Download Bumble for free today in the App Store and Google Play or visit Bumble.com to learn more. Once again, that's Bumble.com or download the app through the App Store or Google Play. Welcome, Meredith, to the Mo Money Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk about something that I've had a few guests on the show uh, talk about, not not enough, not nearly enough, because this is definitely um, something I hear from my audience that they would love to, you know, get better at, which is, as you put it in your book, bragging better or just talking ourselves up and, and you know, self-promoting basically, but in a not icky way. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. I'm joining remotely in Washington, D.C. Uh, if you hear a little background noise, it might be my little dog. Um, but yes, I'm Meredith Feynman. I am an entrepreneur, a writer, also a podcast host. Um, and my book, Brag Better, is here to help you hype yourself and talk about yourself and advocate uh, for recognition, whether that is a corporate board seat, an internship, uh, money, all different things. Yeah. So you are the founder of a company called Fine Point, which is a leadership and professional development company. How long did you you know, start that company? How long was it? And, and why did you want to start a company on that? Yeah. So um, it's funny. I'm 33. I started my company nine years ago and I speak a lot about entrepreneurship or women in business uh, or bragging, um, women in bragging or bragging irrespective of gender. So people ask me like, oh, how'd you come up with the idea for this company, et cetera, et cetera. And I laugh because uh, that was certainly not um, a consideration. So I was working somewhere I was unhappy and I've always someone I've always been someone who had side hustles. Um, I was a nightclub promoter in Manhattan in college. I have been a freelance writer since I was 18 years old. Um, my podcast, It Never Gets Old, is all about the world of secondhand, and I have been selling clothing for 20 years. Um, so I quit this job and I just hustled my way into making money. Um, I remember my first gig was to do social media for like a small furniture store. So, uh, which is to say that Fine Point began about nine years ago and it was some digital strategy, but then I really ran it as a PR shop, boutique public relations firm. And I did uh, campaigns in technology, consumer lifestyle, business. And I had always built my own brand on the side. So I have been on television and been speaking and writing for so long that I had developed my own personal brand and this and my own entity. And I became the go-to for individual representation, which meant that, um, and as it is today, I represent people. Uh, you know, I sort of toe the line between media relations and professional and leadership development, which is to say that I help someone often in a leadership position, communicate their message and figure out who they want to be and what it means to be in public. I specialize in women in positions of power, but I don't only work with women um, because I know what it means and how that's much more complicated to be a woman that chooses to use her voice. Uh, so when I was representing people uh, who wanted personal brands like mine, but also media exposure, I started to realize that nobody knew how to talk about themselves. Uh, and nobody knew how to brag. And I have been wrestling with the word and the concept, especially for this book since 2013. Wow. Yeah, no, you're, it's, yeah, really speaking to me because I'm like, even though, uh, I, you know, also have a podcast and, and am in the public, I even still have a very hard time reminding myself 
to not feel bad or ashamed about talking about myself. Cause it's, it's something that I don't know, maybe a lot of us grew up with about, you know, don't be, uh, yeah, don't be a braggart. There's a lot of, you know, bad connotations about bragging about yourself or talking about yourself because it sounds selfish or arrogant and all these kinds of things. Oh yeah. So this is, this is what the entire book is about. So, um, I will say a few things. Uh, one, you're so not alone. It's what I literally do for a living. Um, two, uh, you're not supposed to know how to do these things, particularly as women, um, you know, positive attributes being more associated with passive behaviors, uh, you know, it just not being a practice that we are taught, uh, as a writer, I cared that brag better created that language for us to talk positively about professional accomplishment. It doesn't exist. Um, I talk a lot also about, uh, what you were taught about using your voice growing up. I think that deeply informs how you promote yourself now. Um, and one reason why I'm so keen on everyone bragging better, regardless of sort of where you are, if you've never um, used your voice, quote unquote, uh, or you're someone who, you know, like you has a podcast, is that we we need the people that know the stuff to do the talking. So as a media person and a, a PR person, I realized that we had this really intense inverse relationship between volume and merit. Uh, we reward loud. And my audience for this book is not only women, it is a demographic that I call the qualified quiet people that have done the work but don't know how to talk about it. It is a strength, not a weakness. To some degree, we all are part of the qualified quiet. Um, and, you know, client after client would come to me and say, listen, I'd rather put my head down and do the work. But talking about your work is an intrinsic part of doing work in our economy, a way we recognize things. You have to tell people what you want and what you've done in order to get the recognition that you want, whether that's a raise, whether that's simply acknowledgement. Um, or something further. Why do you, because I, I feel like a lot of people have this um, idea that some people are just good at this or naturally they're um, more inclined or just better at talking about themselves. And we have, we've probably all had an experience where it's like, why is that guy or that girl um, getting all of the praise when I actually did the work? And it, it, like, why are some people just like, it seems like naturally good at it from the start. Like they know something that we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's generally a misnomer. I mean, I have trained, it's a learned skill set. So what I tell people is if you're relating to this, you're listening to this and saying like, oh, these people just know how to do these things. I mean, that's not really the case. So, uh, you know, that's why media training exists. That's why PR people exist. Um, you know, sometimes I think back, I had, you know, I was never in a position where I wasn't told to use my voice. I have a very vocal, um, and, you know, confident mother. Um, I think that impacts people, but it's a learned skill set. So if you're like, oh, these people just know how to do these things. Again, I don't think that's true. I think you're looking at a really small sliver of people. You have a couple people like screaming and the rest of us having no idea where to start, which is again, why brag better exists. Um, so what I tell people is you're in a position of power. So bragging and promoting and sharing your message is, is, is it, uncomfortable skill set and a muscle that you have to train, which is, you know, what exists all throughout the book. 10 years of basically case studies and exercises I've done for myself, for my clients, um, in front of crowds during speeches. Um, but it's way, way harder to have done the actual work, to have, you know, spent time learning something in and out. And the bragging part is gravy. So that's way harder. Where I've seen the inverse, where uh, you know, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, a ton of press, a ton of shiny, penny, whatever. And then when push comes to shove, if you don't have the actual foundation, whether that's for a company or a person and their know-how, um, then that gets dangerous. So 
you are in a you are in a position of power and brag better i really cared uh wasn't just about a sentiment it's it's exercises it's like literally telling you what to do and say to begin to do these things because they're scary because at our core they highlight you know deep seated insecurities or worries that our work and and lives don't matter i mean like really existential stuff we don't have to get into that but um you know, you are, you can learn this stuff. It's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You kind of mentioned something that um, I found because we're in this new world of like social media influencers. And it seems like it's sort of easier for people to like maybe have a voice or build an audience and get themselves out there. But now there's kind of this uh, kind of divide of people that are, you know, credible and le- legitimate and, and maybe they're, they're trying to find their voice, but they have that foundation, like you mentioned. And then there's the people that have the loudest voice or know, maybe they were able to learn those skills of putting themselves out there. But, you know, when you really look deep, they don't really have much to show or they don't have much of a foundation. So I, it kind of sounds like what you're saying is it's important to like, you know, really be skilled at what you want to be skilled at and, and, and own what you are good at and then figure out how do I get this out into the world? Yes. On a grand scale, I cared about this book. You know, I hadn't thought about it um, because I basically wrote an outline very similar to what this book is, though it it wasn't ready and the time wasn't ready, like starting in 2013. Um, you know, it's it was the same idea, very highly developed and different, but um, I didn't really think about how much on a grand scale, I believe that sharing your knowledge is civic duty, uh, that we are in a crisis of truth, a crisis of information, um, and it's very, very dangerous. Uh, I don't need to get into political specifics, but uh, it is just time that we have people that know the stuff doing the talking. As much as I would like to be an optimist and say that I think we can get those loud, unqualified people to stop talking and be quiet. I just don't think so. So it's a matter of turning up the dial on the qualified quiet. Like if you know stuff, we need you to share it. Um, We need your expertise. We need the real facts. Now I'm being very vague. That can be across industry, whether it's like, you know, science, technology, what have you. But overall, like I think it's actual civic duty um, for especially, you know, where we are to, to share things if, if, and you know, if you know them. I think that's actually a really great tool too, when people are kind of feeling like, oh, I don't know how to you know, put myself out there. I feel kind of weird about it because I've never done that before. H- having that kind of in the back of your head, you're like, it is your civic duty. If you are, you do have that skill set, your experience, and you can help people if you put your voice out there. What a great <laughs> motivator or inspiration to actually kind of do something uncomfortable and actually put yourself out there. I absolutely love that. There's like such a bigger purpose. And I I really hadn't thought about that as much. Listen, as a PR person, when I was booking my really knowledgeable clients for conferences or with journalists, like it the person in your industry that is getting the most praise is never the most thoughtful or accomplished or knowledgeable. It's the person, you know, and and that's unfair. And that's just sort of the economy of voice we live in. But yeah, I mean, I'm sorry it's hard to talk about yourself. I know it's hard, I know it's scary, I know it's uncomfortable. That's why Brag Better exists. But you owe it to society at this point um, on a big, big scale. Like it, it's you owe it to society. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I kind of want to dive a bit deeper because you, you mentioned there's going to be so, you know, when people 
take your book. They're going to learn so many actionable things that they can do. Let's kind of dive into some of those. What are, you mentioned the the personal brand thing, and I feel like that term's been around for a, a little while and some people feel like it's overused. But for me personally, I have felt like once I really understood how to build my own personal brand similar to you, it did really help me um, get my voice out there. Um, do you want to kind of talk about what does that mean for someone who maybe doesn't have plans to own a business, but just wants to do be su- successful in whatever field they are? How can they build a personal brand? What does that mean? Or what, what does that look like? Yeah. So I won't, I mean, listen, please buy Brag Better, uh, read it on a Kindle. Um, listen to me, read it to you over audio. We'll get that hardcover so you can, you know, underline some things. Um, I will shout out a couple things you can do today to start bragging better that don't feel as overwhelming as like, hey, I need to build a personal brand. Um, let's talk about your bio. It's something I talk about all the time. Bios are an absolutely classic um, bragging place where people expect you to tout your accomplishments. The bio is not going to change. I tell people to uh, look at your bio now. Uh, open a Google Doc or whatever you use, and everybody needs a long, a short, and a two-line bio. What does that mean? The long bio is everything, everything, all your jobs, all your awards, all your strengths in one place. Then you do a paragraph version, which is a short bio, and then you do um, a two-line bio, uh, which is can be you know go on social media, and those all need to be really consistent. Uh, put in a calendar reminder every quarter to update your bio. It's way easier to do that than like two years later trying to go back and think about it. So like that's one thing you can do today. Second, your email signature. Um, I I there was an article in the Times where I, I spoke to a friend and journalist about my you know like insanely long email signature, but. We talk to people constantly all day, every day. You want to give people on a silver platter a chance to look at who you are and like commend you or recognize you for it. Now that recognition means something different to everyone. Um, you know, and as you said, like not necessarily starting a business, but uh, you got to lay it out for people. You have to assume that everyone's very lazy, that we're bombarded with information. You just want to make it as simple as possible. And I would say the other, the other action item right now, make sure you own the domain of your name. What does that mean? URL, I have meredithfeynman.com. Um, I've owned it for a long time. You know, whatever service, GoDaddy or Google Domains or I want my name, doesn't matter. Um, please make sure you have your name reserved. Uh, .com.co.org.net, whatever you can get. Um, and think about starting a personal website, just even if it's a place for you to put some of your thoughts. Um, one thing uh, also, I think this kind of goes along a lot the lines of like when you're crafting your bio, how do you, you know, what language do you use? And I guess also this kind of uh, goes into maybe your LinkedIn profile and your um, CV, your resume is being really careful what words you use. And I know this was something I feel like I learned a while ago when I did a big deep dive was like looking for jobs, really trying to switch careers. And I really wanted to like make sure like I wasn't getting any interviews. I'm like, okay, well, it's not me. It's got to be what I put on paper. So I need to change what's on that CV and that resume. And I realized after doing research, I wasn't using the right language. I definitely kind of looked a little bit passive, a little bit unsure, not confident. And that was kind of coming about. When I switched things, I definitely got a lot more interviews. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about how should we be talking about ourselves while writing that stuff down? Totally. So the other piece of me is that I'm a writer. And we don't have... One reason why I cared so much that Brag Better come to life was that we don't have a vocabulary. Um, we don't have the words for this stuff and I want to create them. I mean, brag is not a pleasant word. It is, I use it to be somewhat subversive and get people's attention, but also it's, 
it's basically one of the few we have. So if you look at the definition of brag, it means to talk about oneself boastfully, which gives us nothing. If you look into boastful, um, that means to talk about oneself with excessive pride. So what does that tell us? It tells us it's completely subjective, um, you know, it, and it it's okay to talk about yourself with excessive pride. Like, sorry, dude. Like if I, I, I mean, if you're qualified and you're listening to this and like, I give you the go ahead, a lot of people are like, well, what if like people think that I'm a jerk or people think that I'm obnoxious? One, people are going to have whatever thoughts they have. I've been called every name in the book, like fine, just do it behind my back. So I don't have to hear it. Um, but, but also, um, you know, it's a lot easier to take a shot at someone who's decided to put themselves out there. So, linguistically, uh, stuff matters. And I have this in the bio section. I also wrote a piece for Harvard Business Review, which you can link in the show notes um, about some of these like ling- linguistic things you need to do in bios, but active voice, not passive voice. So like, you know, um, that's really important for, I, I think it's so important, particularly for women too. Do not use your last name, not your first name. Not only is it too casual, but it also doesn't like it doesn't take the gender out of it. Like I'm, I don't know exactly how I'm trying to say this, but you need to use your last name, not your first name. Um, like I always tell people, what would you, you know, think about what a mediocre dude would do? But honestly, 100%. I I used to be part of this uh, group of women, and we were all, you know, uh, ran our own businesses or worked at startups, and we had lots of conversations about like I think we all need to basically ask ourselves what would a white confident guy do. <laughs> and it's helpful in some circumstances when you're like, I don't know what to do. It's like, what would this guy do? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, no passive voice, um, use your last name, not your first name. I want to see every, every award, anything in there. Like people, people expect you to brag in a bio. That's what a bio is for. And I don't think a bio is going anywhere. And then also, so this depends, but I don't want cutesy references in your bio. Uh, I think it's a chance for you to be deeply professional if it is like, you know, it's funny. I, I sometimes though, I need to check on my current bio, have my dog bean, uh, in, in my bio because I use her in a lot of like my materials and conversations and stuff. But if it's not intrinsic to your work, like I don't want to hear about your gardening hobby. Like it's not, this is a place to like knock them dead with your professional work. Um, and so I would, I would cut out cut out any of that. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. No, I always find that weird when I see in someone's bio where it's like, you know, all these professional things that they're like, and I like to go, you know, running. I'm like, okay, like, I don't care. <laughs> well, I think that sometimes I think that, I mean, listen, you're stuck. You get a lot of competing information here. And my personal professional opinion, having done this with a lot of people and having helped people promote themselves and seeing how we recognize things, I think it just is just uh, switches people's it's it's just the personal and the professional. You got to toe that line really carefully. I mean, I think that with social media and all of that, like at some point we're sort of broadcasting our lives and the line between personal and professional is very blurry. However, the bio is strictly professional. Like it, it really is. And I don't see that's changing. Like that's just an original brag spot, like your resume. Like you, those are two places where bragging is expected, like wholeheartedly. And I just don't see that changing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to kind of talk because you, you mentioned, you know, we got to put ourselves out there. Some people would be like, what does that mean? You mentioned, you know, 
get your domain, maybe have a simple website that just has your bio or some information about you. So people, whether it's Googling you, because people Google people now, um, it's, you're findable. Does that mean people should have, you know, social media that like it's, are we done with the days of, you know, your work will speak for itself. You can be totally offline. Like everyone has to put themselves out there, try to find like writing gigs. So they have those kind of media mentions and all that kind of stuff if they really want to be successful. So, um, that's a lot of the basis of the book is if great work falls in the woods and nobody hears about it, like you're not going to get where you want to go. So when I say putting yourself out there, that can mean a lot of different things for my clients. That meant very public facing or means. I mean, I still have a lot of clients. Uh, so that means they want to be on panels or television or write things like that's different. Touting your work can also mean touting your work to your coworkers, to your boss, um, you know, within your company, in meetings, to a new client. Not all of it is external facing, and that's totally up to you. Uh, I'm not saying that everyone needs to try to get on panels in order to get the recognition you want. If you want to raise, like, there are certain things you need to communicate to your boss and to your company. So a lot of bragging better is, you know, not purely external. Um, and, and a lot of it is internal, um, depending on what you want. I mean, everybody has a goal that, that is singular to them. So when I talk about recognition and being out there, that just might mean contributing more in meetings that might mean, um, asking to be staffed on bigger projects that might mean, you know, putting your, putting yourself and your work out there to, to, for a promotion for, uh, a raise, like it doesn't have to just be external. It depends on what you want. Like if you're like, I want to be on TV all the time, that's, that's very different. But, um, you know, it means basically putting your work on, on display for whatever professional goal you have and for the recognition of the person that is, is, that needs to see it. Yeah. You just don't want to be that person. And I feel like we've all known this person. It's like, what do they do in the office? What does that person do? You don't want to be that person where people don't understand what your role is and why you're valuable. Everyone has to do this. So like we walk around every day, like in our own heads. I think that everyone knows all the time. You know, there are people that say to me like, oh, you know, what are you working on? I'm saying like eight years ago, not knowing about Brag Better. And I'm like shocked. You have to always be reintroducing yourself to people. We walk around in our heads. Like the truth is nobody cares. Like we we are just stuck in our own heads. So you have to communicate that. Like so much of this is based around just communicating the work that you do so people know so that you can get what you want from it. So you can get recognition. And again, when I say recognition, that could mean more money, a bigger job, not just a panel. Like there, it's a huge wide range of things when I when I use the umbrella term recognition. So nobody knows what you do until you tell them. Uh, and you have to tell them. And that's really important uh, because we all walk around just, you know, in our own heads thinking everyone knows all the work we've done. And, you know, particularly in either uncertain times or just the kind of crazy media environment we live in, like people just don't know. You got to tell them. Yeah. What you mentioned this uh, earlier too, that, you know, you've probably been called every name in the book and you will, you know, when you put yourself out there, you're, you're kind of putting yourself out there for criticism and, you know, some uh, pushback as someone that maybe isn't familiar with that or have never experienced that, but they want to put themselves out there and, and all that stuff. What are some tools or what are some things they could do to kind of combat that or to like grow a thicker skin? I mean, I've been doing this for a while and I still, I get a lot of flack and it's still really, it, it does hit me sometimes hard. So what what can people do to not let it kind of derail them? 
Yeah. First, I want to acknowledge that it's really hard. And there's, I mean, the book goes through all of this, but certainly there's so much about uh, criticism and dealing with being quote unquote out there, whatever that might mean. Um, the, what I t- tell everyone is it's really easy to, you know, take a shot at someone who's put themselves out there in public. You know, you're standing out there, um, whether that's, you know, creating a great podcast or sharing in a meeting. It's really easy to take a shot at that person. And, and usually it's coming from someone else's place of insecurity. They either recognize they can't do that themselves. So it's easier to lash out at you or, you know, that doesn't make it easier. I will say like I have been out there or in public or whatever you want to say for a long time. Um, and I've grown a thicker skin, but my podcast uh, is about a year old. And you know, you know, you're doing something right when people disagree with you. By the way, that means that you have gotten past just your close inner circle. It's actually a marker of success. That doesn't always make it easier because you know I, I was looking through my podcast reviews and there was a lot of like nasty stuff about my voice, which seems to be reserved for women, and it's like you know sexism and policing women's voices, which we don't need to get into. But um, that still sucked. Uh, and it sucks and it's hard. Um, and it's just important to know where the criticism is coming from and what the sources are. If it's someone who you admire and who you trust, if it's someone who you know loves you and is saying it for a reason, um, otherwise the rest of it's noise. Like I go, and, and yeah, I mean, people have said all sorts of things about me, uh, whether to my face or otherwise for a really long time, like I've always been annoying. Like there was a funny article, I think it was in New York magazine about like being annoying or whatever. Like I've always been that gunner. I've always been that teacher's pet. I've always been that person doing the most, trying the most, trying really hard. I'll never be someone that doesn't try hard. I don't know what to tell you. I can't help it. Um, maybe I just like, you know, desperately want to be acknowledged and liked, or, you know, we don't need to like get deep into my psyche. But the point is, the point is, is this stuff is hard and scary and you might get blowback, but also that blowback is actually a signifier of success. So I talk in the book about, you know, one of my very first articles a hundred years ago. I mean, I'm 33. I started freelance writing when I was 18. Um, and I saw a comment that said, I want two minutes of my life back um, over something I had written. And I never forgot it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I never forgot it. So, you know, you need to be really careful over comments. You need to be really careful of what you're looking at especially if you're what I call squishy or feeling sensitive. Um, you know, cause when I saw that podcast review, it sucked. It was like, you know, your voice sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard. And I was like, well, you're giving me a hate listen, which is the same stream. So if I get advertising, like, please just keep listening. Cause I'll keep getting money. Um, and, and that part's really hard. Uh, listen, if it were easy and then everyone would, would, put themselves in. It's it, it's an act of vulnerability. It's an act of um, choosing to stand um, confidently. And also people really don't like confident women, which again, I don't, you know, I don't know how much time you have, but I mean, people really don't like confident women. Sometimes I'm just like, just say you hate women and move on. Um, it's not about my voice. It's not about how I'm saying something like, just say you hate women and move on. Um, but you know, I also want to acknowledge deeply um that just scratching the surface of how connected uh, bragging and privilege and who we listen to 
uh, is. So I am a white woman. Uh, I've dealt with sexism in my career, but I haven't had to deal, I'm straight, I haven't had to deal with homophobia or racism. And that uh, adds several layers. It's extremely difficult. Um, and so a huge part of bragging better is also helping to elevate or passing the mic to people whose voices uh, we don't listen to as much. Um, and that's really important. In the book, I specifically uh, cared about calling an extremely diverse uh, group of voices, um, ranges of age, race, ability, uh, you know, sexual orientation, um, all of those, you know, sorts of things were really important to me uh, in in making sure that I walked the walk of of elevating voices that like part of bragging better is really figuring out what you can also do to help other people's voices shine. Mm-hmm. So not just bragging about yourself, but bragging about other people that are awesome that you want to elevate because that's what we should be doing, especially if we're, we have experienced something like, you know, um, sexism or racism or homophobia or something. We need to help each other. Yeah. And there's enough room for everyone. Um, and we're often made to feel like we're in competition or there's only so much room on the stage, but um, really passing it forward and or paying it forward. You know, I struggled with uh, the book in wanting to really acknowledge privilege and voice and who we listen to. Um, and, you know, you know who we listen to. It's white men in power. Um, and so I also have a call to to men, um, to white men, to if you're someone people listen to, like, again, back to the civic duty thing, you got to like, you know, pay it forward. You got to reach back and help someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I think that's a really important part. It's like, obviously, we as, you know, women or, or people in a minority or or that don't have a very prominent voice, we need to lift each other up. But we also need the people that are already in positions of power to, to lift us up to. And I know there's a lot of people out there that want to do that and want to help that, which is great. So we need to keep on talking about that and remind everybody we need to do that. But yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel like so many people think that there's a limitation. There's only so much room or so many spots. And that's actually not true at all. There's there's really room for everybody. <laughs> and if you have that mindset that, no, 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 it has to be me and then everyone you know below me or, or, or whatever the case, that's not going to help you. Because as anyone who is in a position of power, who has become successful, um, I'm talking about like the good people out there that are you know also helping other people, uh, you realize there's no such thing as a self-made, you know, successful person, self-made millionaire. You need help of other people. No. And for me and my in my experience, the most successful people I've met, like household names successful, are always the ones that have time to give you 15 minutes. Um, it's like the mid-range successful people that are like, what do you want? Like the really, really successful people, the most successful household name, like psychotically like successful people are always the ones that will give anyone, you know, will will look everyone in the eye, uh, will you know, be happy to talk to and meet anyone and also knows that like, you know, everyone matters. Um, and that's, that's, you know, a different topic, but I think that it's something to acknowledge. And I wrote Brag Better because of a lot of different reasons that we've discussed. Please, please buy it. Um, but, but, uh, I got to walk my own, you know, talk, but, um, 
you know, I get questions too, because a lot of my work has been around women and bragging. And I'm very clear that this book is for everyone, irrespective of gender. And I did an interview where someone was like, well, do you want men to shut up? I was like, no, we need you. We need you to help elevate the voices of women, help elevate the voices, um, you know, of people of color, like people that, you know, you, you, it's your job to help too. Like it, it's everyone is in on this together. Yeah. And also it's not uh, like you've been saying, it's not that we want our voices to be louder. So theirs have to be quieter, silenced. No, it's making room for every voice. Yeah. And my, my friend, Lovey Ajayi, who's in the book, um, you know, is always says your privilege is endless. There's no limit on it. Um, and, and so what I was saying was too, like, I thought about adding a chapter about the privilege part and trying to write it. And I was like, no, instead I'm just going to let interesting people have the stage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I think this a great way to kind of end things off. I I think I'm so excited that you're you're having this book. I think it's very much needed. I think there's a lot of people listening that are going to grab it because this is uh, I feel like a topic I've it's kind of woven into a lot of my episodes, um especially, you know, talking about more specifically about personal finance because that's also something we need to kind of uh work on ourselves and and you know, uh, raise each other up and stuff like that. So I really, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll put this out into the universe, but, um, you know, asking for recognition and asking for money are, or praise, they're very similar. They're just different currencies. Um, and so, you know, knock on wood, you can hear that. Uh, you're not really supposed to touch the table in a podcast. Um, but you know, I would like the second book to be brag better with money, um, because they're so intrinsically tied deeply, um, I could only touch on some money scenarios in this book. I only had so much time and space and energy, frankly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, negotiation is a skill that, especially like as someone who's a woman, like I, I never had that skill. And it was years into my career that I, I didn't even know I was allowed to ask for more. I was just told, be happy for that you're even getting hired, be happy, happy that you have this opportunity, all this kind of stuff. So that's something we need to unlearn and relearn. Absolutely. So I'll put that out there. I mean, Again, asking for someone to pay attention to you, whether that is very externally for press or asking someone to, you know, give you money. It's the same stuff. As I said, it's just different, different literal currencies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me for this show. Uh, Where can people get a copy of your book and find out more information about you if they want to follow you online? Oh, yes. It's plug time. My favorite time. Okay. So you can learn more about me at MeredithFeynman.com. Um, that has all my writing, all my speaking, please book me to speak. Um, and it has, you know, all my different projects there. You can learn more about the book at brag better.com or just Google brag better. At this point, I've been writing about it, talking about it for so long. You can, you know, buy it wherever you get your books. Um, you know, listen to me narrate it to you, get it on your Kindle or iPad or wherever you read from these days. Um, and then please listen to my podcast. It never gets old. Um, it is all about secondhand fashion and the explosion of resale and sustainable fashion. Uh, ingopodcast.com. I'm on all the social medias at Meredith Feynman. Um, I have a lot of memes on my Instagram because that's the only thing that keeps me sane. So uh, that's that's where you can find me. Jessica, thank you so much for having me. This was so lovely. Oh, thanks so much. And yeah, thanks again for being here. 
And that was episode 242 of the Mo Money podcast with the amazing Meredith Feynman. Make sure to grab a copy of her book, Brag Better, if you're listening to in the future. If it's you're listening right now in real time, May 27th, uh, pre-order your book. It's June 16th is the release date. Grab your copy. Great summer read um, to uh, you know up your skills during this time where we're still all going to just be at home self-isolating, you know. Um, if you want to learn more about her, make sure to check out uh, her website, Meredith Feynman.com. Remember when she talked about get your domain of your name? Makes sense. Her name is Meredith Feynman. When you're going to search her, you're going to go to MeredithFeynman.com and you'll find her. It makes logical sense and it's exactly why I also have JessicaMoreHouse.com as my website because it's easy to find you. So make sure to do that. That's a very important point that I think uh, everyone, if you don't have it, get the domain name of your name. Just do it. Uh, you can also follow her on Twitter and Instagram, also at Meredith Feynman. Make it easy for people to find you. Um, and you can learn more about her book, Bragg-Better.com, and more about her company, finepoint.co. Okay, as always, I have some very important things to share because, again, I'm only going to be here for this week, next week, so do not go away. Just have a few words I want to share about this episode's sponsor, and then I've got some things to share with you. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by Bumble. Anyone else bored at home and interested in expanding their network? There's nothing stopping you from meeting new friends, biz besties, or starting a new relationship when you sign up to Bumble. Bumble allows you to feel empowered while you make those connections because its main purpose is to encourage integrity, kindness, equality, confidence, and respect during all stages of any relationship. Moreover, it holds its users accountable for their actions, has a zero-tolerance policy for hate, aggression, or bullying, and has put a stop to any catfishing with its Bumble photo verification. Do you want to establish and maintain some healthier connections? Then join the hive by downloading Bumble for free today in the App Store and Google Play or visit Bumble.com to learn more. Once again, that's Bumble.com or download the app through the App Store or Google Play. Okay, first and foremost, um, I have not really updated that contest page. So I, if you are a long-term listener or a listener from the beginning of the season, um, if you go to jessicmorehouse.com slash contest, you'll see I uh, have a bunch of different contests for all the books that have been featured on this season of the show. Um, I'm going to update that, add some more books. Um, quite honestly, I think I stopped adding new books because uh, when the whole pandemic kind of kicked off and started, I freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, can I even afford to buy books to give away? Ah, so kind of freaked out. Um, yeah, everything's going to be fine. I can afford to give away some books. Um, that being said, I literally, what I do literally is I buy these books or sometimes I get them for free for the authors, but sometimes I just keep those copies for me. And then I buy additional copies to give away. Cause I also want to support these authors that are on my show, but also I, I manually and physically mail them myself. I sometimes even pop in a little, you know, note in there to the winner. Um, and uh, you know, right now we're still in self-isolation. I honestly don't leave the house unless I have to go to the grocery store every two weeks and a few other essential things. So I, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable quite honestly, uh, going to the post office and mailing a bunch of things right now. Um, so I'm, you know, as things improve, then I'll probably choose some winners and mail off those books right now. I'm just going to update the contest page with some new books. And uh, uh, select winners probably sometime in the summer. So how you can find out, keep in the loop with all these things is, of course, getting on my email list, jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe. Get on my email list, stay in the loop. Right now is normally a weekly newsletter. Right now, uh, I'm just emailing every two weeks, so I'm not going to bug you that much. But uh, I will, of course, announce the winners in that email list. And if you do actually win, I'm just going to email you directly. So don't worry if you don't want to be on my email list. No no hard feelings. Um, so, so that's 
still happening. Contest is still open. I will close it probably sometime in the summer and draw some winners there. And as I mentioned, uh, so next week, uh, and honestly, it's honestly been what I've been doing for the past five years. So it's not like anything out of, out of the ordinary. I'm going to be closing out this season uh, the first week of June. Um, it's also going to be my mer- birthday next Thursday, guys, June 4th. Remember it. <laughs> if you want to send me a nice little tweet or DM, that'd be nice. That'd be nice because I hate hate my birthday. Can you relate? I feel like a lot of people can relate. When you just get older, I mean, it's not fun. And especially now, it's not like I can do anything special. Like typically I don't really do a party or anything because I just don't really like doing birthday parties. Um, but I usually like go out to dinner or something with my husband and, uh, you know, this year we're probably going to just get a cake and eat in their living room. Woo. Oh my gosh. That sounds so sad, but what can you do? Like what we're all doing this? Like what can you do? Um, but anywho, off topic, had nothing to do with anything. Uh, next week, I'm going to be releasing another episode, another interview uh, with a special guest. And then I'm going to be doing another special episode. Uh, it is yet to be determined whether it's going to be a solo episode with myself or a special episode with my husband. He has agreed to do an episode with me, but he said if he does not like it, then I cannot air it. So we're going to try to record it tonight and I will... Well, you'll find out next week. It'll be a nice little surprise. Um, so I'm excited about that. What else do we got going on? Oh, yes. Um, important things, of course. Um, if you are looking for some one-on-one financial counseling help, I am still accepting clients. I will continue to accept clients um, throughout the summer as well. Um, you probably just won't hear me say that unless you're on my email list because I will not be putting out uh, episodes during the summer. That being said, because I feel like um, some people may think it's crazy to go on hiatus during this time because this is when people are are really listening to podcasts right now because we're all stuck at home. Uh, I probably will pop in throughout the summer. Maybe just do like an episode every couple weeks or episode once a month. Whenever I feel like there's something important I want to share or there's a guest that I can get that I want to share with you, um, it's all yet to be determined. But it, you know, make sure. However, you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're like following or subscribed, so you can get those notifications of when I am uh, putting out new episodes. And okay, two other things that I feel like I have kind of mentioned, but I this is this is why I like doing a hiatus of the podcast because it gives me some space and some time to work on some of the projects that I've been. Uh, just haven't had time to do um, one. And it, this is almost ready. I'm hopeful that it will be ready by the time I speak to you again next week. Um, I've been developing a ton of new budget spreadsheets. Of course, I have my free budget spreadsheet with a video tutorial that goes for uh, that goes along with it. It is free. As I mentioned, I think I just mentioned that. Um, just go to jessicamorales.com slash budget. You can download it there, but I will soon be opening kind of a little digital shop on my website um, where I will have a bunch of different spreadsheets for different kind of scenarios. If you're self-employed or you're an employee with a side hustle, stuff like that, that I feel like you can't really find this stuff around. And I've developed these um, for clients that I work with or for my Fix Your Finances uh, Masterclass online course. So I'm like, I should probably just sell these individually because I'm sure people will are looking for them and want them. And uh, since I mentioned my class, I have two online courses if you're not aware of it. Um, I have my Fix Your Finances Masterclass um, and I also have my Investing Foundations for Canadians course. Those are online on my website, jessicamorales.com slash courses. Um, but I am also going to be finally finally putting together my, I mean, I've been telling you, I feel like for a year or two, my DIY investing course. Um, it's if you want to be a self-directed investor or just want to learn more about passive investing, this is the course that I'm, I've, <laughs> it's been on my swear to God. It is, I've been on my cork board for like, this is the goal to do this for a very long time. 
and I just haven't had time to do it. So I'm, I'm going to dedicate my time during uh, this time, during this crazy weird time that we're all home and can't go anywhere during the summer to build that course. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, I also have a very lofty goal of finally just like hardcore studying and finishing the Canadian Securities course. Not that you can take the exam yet because you can only do them in person because I asked and there's no online version of the exams, but I'm going to be studying throughout the summer. So that's what I'm going to be doing. That sounds so lame, but what, what can you do? What can you do? I can't go anywhere. Oh, besides my back patio. Oh, it's times like these. I really wish I lived somewhere where I had like a yard or some land or like, I don't know, just like a mansion. <laughs> Duh. Who wouldn't? But uh, yeah, so that's me. That's what's going on right now. Okay. That's really, I think that's it. I'm going to let you go because I can just ramble. Ramble. I think I'm lonely. I think I'm lonely a little bit. Um, Not going crazy. Everything's just fine. Okay. So I'm going to be back here next week, next Wednesday, and then next Thursday. So thanks for listening. I will see you back here, as I just said, next week. <laughs> Have a good rest of your week. Good weekend. Stay safe. Stay sane. I'm here with you. Don't go crazy. Everything's going to be just fine. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.